and welcome to episode 105 of the Disney Park Princess podcast. I'm your co-host, Sarah. I'm Sharla. And Heather is not here today. She is out of the office. So it is just Sharla and I, at least for this segment. So <laughs> it's it's going to be a little bizarro this week. Um, we pre-recorded an interview with our guest today, and that was Heather and I. And now you've got show. So we're all represented on the podcast, just <laughs> yeah. not all three of us at the same yeah. time. <laughs> Which is fine. Yeah. But I'm excited about the interview. I haven't listened to it yet, so I'm excited to hear it. Yes, we had some, you know, that's why I never like to announce these things in advance because scheduling snafus happen all the time, and that's what happened this week. But we were able to get the interview in, but Charlotte was not able to join us. So this week we are talking with uh, Cyan Nardiello. She is the theme park nanny. And I came across her story, um, I saw it on Yahoo News. Actually, it popped up in my Yahoo feed, and I just thought it was so interesting. So we are going to be talking to her and learning all about her business. And I can't wait for you to hear it actually, because I think you'll find it um, really interesting. So we love girl power. We love women-owned businesses. And I love anybody who can figure out a way to create a career from their love of Disney. (laughs) Absolutely. We are all here for that. And actually one thing that I haven't even had a chance to talk to you about, but I think you're going to be on board with is I think one of the things that I'd like to start doing in our Facebook group is one day a week talking about our favorite Um, Like if any of our Facebook members have like a business or they're selling masks or they have an Etsy shop, like I'd like to just, it's not going to be a free for all. I don't want you guys, you know, we, you know, we don't allow self-promoting and advertising in the Facebook group because that way lies madness. But once a week, we'll have one thread where everybody can just sort of talk about like what they're doing or share a business that they like if it's not their own business. Like, hey, check out this cast member that's making masks or check out this cast member that's making cupcakes or doesn't have to be a cast member business, could be your personal business, but I think that'll be a fun way to share, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. uh, and let people learn about uh, all the fun businesses that people have out there. So that sounds like fun. Yeah. Anyway. All right. We have some Disney news for once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start with the sad news as we're talking about cast members. Um since the last podcast, Disney announced even further layoffs, yeah, including wholesale layoffs of the live entertainment cast members. So this is the casts of Finding Nemo. This is the casts of Festival of the Lion King. This is the Streetmosphere players. This is pretty much anybody that was in a stage show or entertainment position yeah. um, at Walt Disney World. <sighs> Yeah. It's just sad. So many losses. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It is devastating. And we did an entire episode dedicated to cast members and, and how much we love them. Um, so go back and check that out if you haven't heard it. Hopefully this is just going to be a temporary thing. Hopefully at some point in the future that, you know, I can't imagine a Disney without um, without that type of entertainment. I don't want to have to. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Um, so hopefully they're, you know, but of course, you know, in between life happens, right? But the one that really hit home for me was the Hoopty Doo Review. Yeah. The Hoopty Doo Review is the longest running stage show, one of the longest running stage shows in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, because it has been there since Disney opened in 1970. I think it's two, but I always get it wrong. I think 1971. It's 71. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I always get it wrong. I'm like in the early seventies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it has been continuously operating since then up until the pandemic. Um, and in, and in, they have cast members that have been there for 
five, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, so that to me is a real loss because who knows what happens in the interim, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, well, I, was I mean, when they've, when they've gotten rid of some things before they've been able to find other positions for them, like when they, uh, got rid of the Adventurers Club and some of the other things on Pleasure Island, they reassigned people. And so mm -hmm. this is just so different <laughs> because right. it's like people are just gone. Yeah. So, yeah. I thought that I had been to the Hoopty Doo Review because I remembered when I was in middle school, we mm -hmm. went to Walt Disney World and we went to some show. And I remember what it looked like in all of this. And then I just found my photos from it. It's the and Diamond I, Horseshoe Jubilee, no, I bet. No. No, it was not. I just found my photos from it, and it was from the Odyssey restaurant at oh, Epcot. It whoa. was like, yeah. It was, so it, Odyssey obviously looks very different now. It's not a restaurant, but it looks different in there now than what I remember it looking like. But So I don't think I've actually been to the Hootie Doo Review. I know. All right. Well, we're putting, we're adding that to the must do yeah. list for our next trip when it's, when it's available, because it, you know, and I actually did not, I think I went as a child um, and then, you know, did not go again as adult. Cause I sort of thought was like, yeah, it's, you know, kind of hokey or whatever. I don't, you know, it's not really my thing. And then I went um, when my son was little, we went, it was a big family trip. I went with my parents and my sister and her kids and we did it all as a family. And Oh, my gosh, I was so silly for thinking it was not something that I needed to do or would be interested in because it's just such, it's such pure vintage Disney, yeah. you know, and the food was great and, you know, like wine and beer was included in the price and which obviously doesn't apply to me, but it did apply to everybody else at my table. Yeah. And, you know, it was just such a, it was just such a fantastic, classic, pure Disney evening. I just, I loved it so much. And I was so mad at myself for not having gone all those years. Yeah. I'm so glad that I, I we got to do it. So, yeah. So I'm pretty sure I've never been, but I'm also very glad that I finally figured out what that character, it wasn't a character meal because they did a whole show. Mm -hmm. But it was something at the Odyssey, and I found my photos, and anyway, they weren't good photos at all, and so they're not worth sharing, but. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, I always love, I was going through some old photos this weekend, because it was my wedding anniversary, and I was looking for my wedding album, which was in a big box of older photos, and you know how that happens. Like, yeah. you go in looking for one thing, and then you spend an hour. <laughs> but um, one thing I meant to look for, and I didn't get a chance to, was the photos from my honeymoon, which was in Walt Disney World in 1997, which was the year of the dreaded cake. The cake, yeah. <laughs> cake. Somewhere I have a picture of me in front of that, but yeah. somewhere. Yeah. I'm going to have to go in and uh, and find those. But anyway. Uh, all right. So that was the sad news. Let's get over to what we hope will be happy news. We'll see. Um, the virtual queue process at Rise of the Resistance is changing yet again. <laughs> <laughs> And this one, I just, I'll be really interested to see how it goes. So guests who have a park pass, you have to have a park pass for Hollywood Studios on on, on the day, um, can begin, well, begin, it lasts about eight seconds. Your, your first opportunity to get your spot in the virtual queue for Rise of the Resistance now starts at 7 a.m. Right from anywhere in Walt Disney World. So you do not have to be inside Disney's Hollywood Studios to get in the virtual queue. This is a big change because previously you had to be in, like through the turnstiles 
in the park to join the virtual queue. Right. This is a big change. Now, people are speculating as to, like, if you're a Florida local and you live in Windermere, can you do it from home? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know exactly how far the local area that, you know, Disney describes is. But if you were hoping on sleeping in that morning, bad news. Yeah. <laughs> you want to make sure that you are awake enough to handle <laughs> the process of getting in the virtual queue on my Disney experience. And, and it, you know, I'm not sh- I'm sure there's a million reasons why they're doing it. My guess is it's to control the crowd levels that have been happening um, at opening and the the park pass demand. The park pass demand for Hollywood Studios, woof, man, it's been steep. It has. It's and so here's a tip: keep checking throughout. You know, if you're making a park pass now for whatever six months from now and it's not available, keep checking. It probably will be. Yeah, you know, it's it. I've I've definitely heard of tales of it's not available, it's not available, and then all of a sudden it is. So yes, and that happened with Heather. I mean, like a yeah. couple weeks before her trip, Heather was like, "Well, I guess I'm not going to Hollywood Studios," and then I think she was able to go twice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it 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 does change. But now the two p.m. time slot, there's two chances to get into the virtual queue. One is at seven a.m. and one is at two p.m. For the two p.m. one. You do have to be inside Hollywood Studios um, to to try to join the virtual queue for that second round. So yeah. first round, 7 a.m., don't have to be in the park. Second round, 2 p.m., you do have to be in the park. And again, you have to have a park pass for both times. So Yeah, it's interesting because I, I wonder, you know, what if you don't get one at 7, then you just go hang out at the pool or somewhere else and then try it too. But I don't know what I would do. I've. If I didn't get one at seven and was planning on going that day, I probably, I mean, I'm sure I would still go, but probably not rush at park opening kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I might just to get on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway or something, which I, I haven't seen yet. You know, I don't know. I mean, you and I had quite the journey yeah. <laughs> trying to get on Rise of the Resistance. Um, so I'm hoping this is going to be easier yeah. for people, yeah. you know? Well, remember um, the day that we did it, there was that glitch and, People from home were making yes. um, boarding passes for Rise of the Resistance and things like that. So it was very interesting. Yeah, there um, has always been sort of this loophole in the system where occasionally people who were not inside the park were able to make park pass reservations. Which so, makes, me, makes me laugh. Like, people at home could do it that day. I'm like, who's sitting on their phone at 7 a.m. trying to get... In my in my little home office, trying yeah. to get on the, a, a pass for that, I couldn't get there in time. You know, it's yeah. It's but I think I think a lot of people would do it sort of as like a practice to like make sure, sure like you know, sure. they knew how the you know the system works, whatever. And I'm look, I'm not I'm not mad at that. I understand the instinct, but you were kind of screwing it up for all of us that yeah. actually were in the park. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Uh, oh well. Anyway, the other two talk about and this is not really disney news and it's not brand new but i it just sort of fell came across my radar this week was everybody i think probably who's listening to this podcast has heard of give kids the world village um give kids the world village is an orlando based i, I want to call it a resort it's not exactly a resort but it's a place where children who have critical illnesses can stay while they visit walt disney world and have their right. medical needs met um it is of course 
closed right now due to the pandemic. However, they are having a special holiday event that I want to talk about, which is the Night of a Million Lights. Um, it's basically the Osborne spectacle of lights, but at Give Kids the World Village. So you get a chance to see the village. You get to see an incredible light display. Um, you do have to purchase date-specific and time-specific tickets in advance. Um, it is a fundraiser for Give the Kids the World Village, so all of the proceeds go directly to this incredible organization. So if you're going to be in the Orlando area or you are an Orlando area local, I definitely recommend checking this out, and you can get tickets on the Give Kids the World Village website. Very so, cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. I think I have to see. I've seen, seen some of the pictures, and I... I would, it's right up my alley. I'm a Christmas nut. <laughs> I love a Christmas light. I'm still mad about the Osborne lights. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. I wonder what they did with all those lights. So the rumor has it that they donated them to give kids the world village. That's oh, the rumor like that that's I've where they're actually coming from. Is that for those? some of the source of, yeah. How give kids the world has these lights. Now that is not confirmed. That is just a rumor that I have seen online, but Christmas lights are expensive. I don't know how Give Kids the World would have necessarily afforded. Yeah. What Which, a great way to, you know, donate. And then they can keep, if they donated them or however they got them, then they could do this every year, regardless yeah. of whether the village is open and they could, you know, I charge people it, for Like, I want that story to be true so bad. Yeah. <laughs> because I just think it would be fantastic. All right. Um, so if somebody goes, you have to let us know if you see, like, the cat and, yeah. uh, you know, some of the telltale Is anything signs. familiar? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, anywhere else, it would obviously look different than it did the, last, the past few years. Because I never saw it when it was on the residential street. Uh, I was never there. Oh, yeah on that but um you know the past several years when it's been in this new york, new york streets of new york or whatever it's called yeah so yep. yeah uh, all right. And so that does it for our Disney news this week. Coming up, you are going to hear our interview with Cyan Nardiello, and she is the theme park nanny. That interview is with myself and Heather. So stay tuned. All right, so this week on the Disney Park Princess podcast, we have a very special guest. Uh, Cyan Nardiello is the theme park nanny, and she, I came across her story on Yahoo News recently, and I just thought, well, this just sounds like almost the coolest job ever. <laughs> so <laughs> welcome, Cyan. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. So tell us a little bit I don't know. Actually, you know what? Let's start at the very, very, very beginning. Oh, no. So, it's going to be in my head now. Sorry. I know. You're, <laughs> now you're going to be humming it for the rest of the day. Um, you are a Florida native, right? Uh, no. Actually, I'm from New Jersey. Um, I go to school at the University of Central Florida. I am Got also it. from New Jersey. So, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you're a student at UCF. and Yes. When did your love of Disney start? My love of Disney started when my parents took me for the first time when I was 13 years old. And I was instantly obsessed with it. And uh, from then on, we went every year. And my obsession grew and grew and grew. Uh, <laughs> up to the point where, when it was time to apply for colleges, I typed in closest college to Disney World. And you see <laughs> I love UCF. that. Yeah. 
and I never looked at another school. I never applied to another school. I had my heart set on being close to Disney and with the hopes of being able to buy an annual pass. And I made that a reality. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that. You know, if you can dream it, you can do it, right? That's what Walt says. Yeah. All right. So tell us a little bit about how Theme Park Nanny started. Theme Park Nanny started actually when I became a part-time nanny um, for a little girl. She was seven at the time. Um, we'll call her D. And <laughs> I just recently started working with D, and she got a pass for her birthday. Um, and I asked the mom if I could take her one day just because we would usually – she would just kind of, you know, watch TV and we would do a lot of indoor activities. And I thought it would be great to get her outside. Um, and what better place than Disney World? And the mom approved and I took her to Disney. Um, and I am on the annual pass holder page on Facebook and I would post uh, our trips on there. And I got a lot of likes and a lot of people thinking it was super cool. And then I recently made a couple TikToks about what I do. And I blew up on TikTok, got millions of views, thousands of followers. And then so I decided to make this more accessible to everyone and more public. Okay, that's fantastic. I love that. Now, do you, do you work primarily with like local kids or do you also work with guests who are visiting Florida? Like how does all of that work? Uh, well, in the beginning, I did uh, work with local kids the most, but ever since this TikTok recognition that I've gotten and all the articles and stuff, which I'm so, like, it's just amazing, um, I have been doing a lot more vacationing families. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially I it... since Disney did away with all of their kids clubs and, and all of that. I mean, it's a great market for it. Yeah. Well, that's what struck me when I read the article on Yahoo was, oh, this is this is perfect timing for you. Because last year, you know, as you may or may not know, Disney closed all of their child care centers. And so there huh. are no on-site babysitting options for Walt Disney World anymore, really. There are a couple of activities that kids can do for a few hours while their parents have dinner or something, but there's no longer child care centers. Um, so this is a, I think, fantastic alternative. Yeah, because um, sometimes mom and dad want a nice dinner alone. Yes, usually mom and dad, <laughs> or mom and mom, or dad and dad, or whatever. But grownups need some grown-up time. Um, yeah. So, how are you finding? Um, are people typically using you for that? Is it like an evening thing where mom and dad just want to go out for dinner, or is it more during the day? Like, how is that working? Uh, I've been mostly getting day bookings. Um, <laughs> parents are wanting to ride the bigger rides. Um, for example, I did a family at Hollywood Studios today. They have a two-year-old. So the parents were able to experience the bigger rides together instead of doing rider swap. Okay. And also I maximize the child's time. And we did, you know, Disney Junior Dance Party. We did One Man's Dream, Toy Story Mania, and a bunch of other things while her parents got to ride the bigger rides. That That's is cool. so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. Now, what are, what's your tip? Of, do you have a specific age range that you work with? Like, what are the rules for using you? So I don't have a particular or uh, specific age, rate, age range that I use. 
Um, just in my personal experience, I've worked with all the way through newborn to 12. So I am experienced in a bunch of ranges. Um, as far as my pricing goes, I am $25 an hour. And there is an upcharge if you have three or more children, um, just because it's, you know, obviously more people I need to watch. More work. Yes. yes. <laughs> more. So I do do $25 an hour and um, I either offer extra set of hands, which I would stay with the party the entire time, just being an extra set of hands. Um Yep, just being a helping hand, or I also offer parent play, which is what I did today, where the parents got to go out and enjoy the parks. Um, they can do whatever they want in their time. They can. I have families who want to get drunk at Epcot while I take. <laughs> <laughs> what? That I was gonna say. I feel like you're gonna happens. have so many takers for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should do a specific TikTok, probably just probably. for that. Honestly, for just <laughs> drinking around the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we're not recording the video, by the way, just so you know. So <laughs> we're recording audio. I just saw somebody sneak behind you. They don't need to sneak. It's fine. <laughs> no problem. Um, so $25 an hour, and that's for, you said, up to two kids, right? And three or more is an additional charge. Yes, an okay. additional charge just bearing on the family. Um, my services are really customizable because in this type of work, you can't just really set one specific you know, like rules and price. Mm -hmm. So, um, I do, I do have a, you know, like a general rule of thumb, but it is really customizable because also, you know, you never know. I have, I try to do set in timeframes. So I know how long I need to be there, but I do also offer flexibility because you never know a ride may be broken down that they really wanted to do, or the lines might be really long, you know, yeah. just, there's so many things that can happen at Disney. So, so. many variables. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you also offer like in-room babysitting for hotel guests? Like if somebody has like, you know, an infant or something like that, um, do you offer that service as well? Or is it primarily in-park services? I do offer that service as well. I don't get booked up for that as much just because um, I do like separate the child from the parents. So they mm -hmm. do have that time. But I, I do offer that service. Yes. That's great. And now is it just you or do you have like, are there like a team of sort of theme park nannies at this point? <laughs> just me for now. However, I am planning on expanding because with all my media attention, mm -hmm. uh, I'm finding hard, especially as a college student to just do it alone. Um, but I, I, I love doing it so much. So I just, that's fantastic. Work like I I feel wrong calling it work sometimes because I never ever feel like I'm working. I just feel like I'm having fun with a bunch of friends. That's great. And now, just as a like as a mom, I have to ask the mom questions. Like, are you like Red Cross certified? Are you like do you have CPR training? Like, do you have any sort of special tr like babysitting training? Uh huh. Well, I have four plus years experience in the child care field. I've worked in daycares for three years and then I've been private nannying for a year and a half okay. and then this um I did get CPR and first aid certified through my daycares and stuff so I definitely have those and um yeah yeah that's the big one that CPR I I, I was always a stickler with my babysitters <laughs> hey you never know what's gonna happen it's good to have exactly mm -hmm, for exactly. sure <laughs> 
Okay, great. Well, Heather, did you have anything else? No, I just think it sounds so cool. I mean, I'm not the target audience because I don't have children, but I just, I think it's such an awesome service that you have because like we said before, Disney no longer offers any type of childcare. And I know so many people go and they really just want a night out or an afternoon out. And I just, I think this is such a great service you're providing. Yeah. I love the ingenuity of it. I think, I think you saw a need and you saw, you know, a way to fill it. And I, I just think it's fantastic. I think you're going to be very, very, very popular. (laughs) Yay for business women. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, thank you. and I do get some criticism about my work and people a lot of people don't understand they're like oh well why would they want time away from their children Disney is a place where families come together and while that that is very true uh parents deserve to have as much fun as the kids do and it really stinks for the parents if they can't they can't go on rock and roller coaster they can't go on Everest and stuff if they have young ones so I'm never there to take time away the parents but I'm there to maximize everyone's time as a party together yeah I mean look if you're the type of family that wants to spend every moment together then don't hire a theme park nanny like (laughs) you don't need to if you don't want to pretty simple (laughs) (laughs) but there are people out there like me when I take my nieces and nephews and I'm like can you just like I need an hour please just go away (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah (laughs) All right. Well, Cyan, thank you so much for joining us this week. We really appreciate you. Now tell everybody how they can find you. How, if they want to book your services, how do they book? So the main way of booking right now is emailing me. My email is Cyan, C-Y-A-N, at onceuponanany.com. And you can just, you know, give me some just general info about your trip, how many kids you have and their ages, and we can work something out. You can also find me on Facebook, Once Upon a Nanny, LLC. And my TikTok is Theme Park Nanny. (laughs) Theme Park Nanny. Love it. All right. Great. Cyan, thank you so much. All right. And that does it for this week's episode of the Disney Park Princess podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Thanks to Cyan Nardiello, our guest this week, the Theme Park Nanny, for joining us. Uh, Don't forget, we have uh, a new YouTube video this week that uh, Heather filmed and I put together. Uh, So Heather filmed it while she was down on her trip. I put it together. It is up. It is all about what it is like to visit Walt Disney World during the pandemic. Um, What do the crowds look like? What is the process? How do you get into the parks? All that kind of good information. So be sure to check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Disney Princess. Make sure that you have joined our Facebook group. We're having so much fun in there. We did um, sort of a fun thing leading up to the election polls each day where people could vote for their favorites um that was a lot of fun some controversial decisions <laughs> as any election but as with any election yes we're actually recording this election. on election day so we don't know about any controversial decisions that have been made today because it's only <laughs> noon on election day right now so we're just we've both voted if hopefully you did too <laughs> um and then coming up next on our Patreon extra, we are we needed something just sort of fun and lighthearted to distract ourselves from election day. So we're talking about something that is not at all controversial other than, I don't know, maybe we will throw down over this. What is the kitchen appliance that you simply cannot live without? Like what is the one thing in your kitchen that they would have to pry out of your cold dead hands before you would give it up? So that's what we're I'm, talking about. I'm a little salty that I only get to pick one, but. You don't have to pick one. Uh, and look, it's election day. We can do whatever we want. We have already done our <laughs> civic duties. 
So if you want to pick two, go right. If you want to pick an appliance and like a, and a, a vice appliance, tool, can I pick like a, a vice appliance? Sure. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> hey, whatever. So that's going to be our Patreon extra. If you're listening to this and thinking, hey, what's a Patreon extra? Patreon is one of the ways that we help fund this podcast. It's actually the only way we help fund this podcast. <laughs> so uh, if you would like to contribute, you can subscribe at the $5, 10 or $15 a month level. The different levels get you different perks, but everybody gets our bonus podcast content. So go to patreon.com slash Disney Park Princess to help support that. Oh, and we um, were going to donate a portion of the proceeds of our merchandise sales yeah. from Teespring. We didn't really have any merchandise <laughs> sales in October, um, but we're still going to be making a donation to the um, Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando um, just out of our own pockets <laughs> because we think it's a great cause. Um, and so, yeah, we had $10 in merchandise sales for the month of October, but um, I think we can probably donate. I'll do $25. Sure. Okay, so we'll That's do 50, great. we'll do, Charlotte and I will do a $50 donation um, <laughs> out of our pockets to the Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando. So thank you to those couple people who did purchase merchandise. Um, if you are interested in our merchandise, um, you can go to teespring.com and search for Disney Park Princess, uh, excuse me, Park Princess uh, to find our boutique. Face masks and t-shirts and tote bags and coffee mugs and all kinds of fun stuff. So, all right. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week. And if you are a Patreon supporter, Stay tuned. Bye.